This week on the Men at the Movies podcast, we enter the wild, wild west with the Mask of Zorro. In Don Raphael, we find insight into how the enemy works. He offers control of our destiny, but the result is always slavery. In Jesus and Don Diego, we find that when we submit, we find life. We can choose whether to fight bravely and die quickly, or to become the student when the teacher appears. So let's discover God's truth in this movie. The movies and stories we love are gateways to see ourselves and God in new ways. Every great story borrows its power from a larger story, the story that's written on our hearts and woven into the fabric of our very being. Hello and welcome to the Men at the Movies podcast. My name is Paul McDonald and joining me from down in Hotlanta, it's not Brit. No, it's my buddy Dustin. Hey, Dustin, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Paul. It is a beautiful day because I'm waking up here in Georgia to, I love the smell of freshly cut grass and I was in the dark cutting my grass last night. Oh and my word. <laughs> I have the, I have a little headlamp on and it's one of my favorite things to mow the grass in, in the dark because all my neighbors are like, what is this crazy guy doing? <laughs> Uh, but I, well, cause it's like nine o'clock by the time it gets dark. Well, it is so. nine o'clock. <laughs> I, I have the little, uh, battery powered one. So it's pretty quiet. Uh, oh, okay. And thankfully or I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't do it. Uh, yeah. but, uh, I'm like, so I'm in my late thirties. Um, but the first thing I did when I woke up is I walked outside and I did kind of the old man thing and sipped on coffee and just looked at my grass. <laughs> <laughs> Get off my lawn. It was great. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, because you can't. Well, you can't really mow your lawn during the day when you live in in the south because no. you'll just die. Yeah, there's. Um, I don't have enough liquid in my body. It would just. I would end up sweating <laughs> other things. So, yeah. No, but you take a shower, and as soon as you go outside, you need another shower. Yes. I took my uh, grandson to the water park. There's a little splash pad water parks here, and so we went there. And when I got back, the end of the day, after dinner, I was like. I think I took a shower this morning because I also mowed my lawn yesterday. It's like I took a shower after I mowed, but I don't feel like I did. I need another one. I can't go to bed like this. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, you, it's, we're, as you get older, you leave and lose. You don't. You lose track of the day. You lose track of whether or not you've showered. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was clean, but maybe I should get clean again. Yeah. <laughs> so. <clears throat> Welcome to the shower episode of the <laughs> Men at the Movies podcast. This is not what people tuned in to hear. Oh, no. But anyway, not, but we I, digress. I am so excited to talk about this this movie. I think even in our exchange of emails and conversation prior to this, it has opened my eyes to more of, um, more of what uh, I need to have my eyes open to um, in my life right. as a part of the larger story, which as the reason you do this podcast, which is why I got tuned into it about a year ago, was so excited just for movies to pop out at me and almost like paragraphs pop off in a book or a scripture, right. a, a memory verse pops off the page differently. It's just helping me see my life and the way God is leading me in, in new ways. And so I'm, I'm excited about our conversation, man. Yeah. And Mask of Zorro is one of those that has popped up frequently. Uh, if you if you follow the wild at heart guys and becoming a king stuff, you'll hear this this uh, movie pop up mostly for this one line that we're going to talk about. Uh, but we're going to be talking a, a lot about both initiation and the process of it and the approach of the enemy. And, and that was something that you had mentioned that, that kind of sort of highlighted this time through is how the Don Raphael character, the, the, the bad guy, the big bad in the movie really exuded some enemy vibes as it were. And so we're going to dive into that and then sort of come in with a, we're even going to have a little, a, a, a bonus feature for our YouTube subscribers. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll, we'll give you a heads up when we cut away for that. So you can go check us out on, on the YouTube. But uh, Dustin, when we look at this and, and I mean, you, we got this scheduled relatively quickly compared to the first one. It was like a couple weeks ago and yeah. you're like, yeah, let's do this one. So why, 
why this movie, like going back to two weeks ago, what jumped out about this movie before you even rewatched it yesterday? Wow. There, you know, there's so much in this movie that uh, makes my, my heart get excited to talk about it. Um, but, uh, and we even, I think you and I initially talked to man, should we make this two parts? Because <laughs> so much in there. Um, however, yesterday when I rewatched it, actually late last night after I mowed. Um, after mowing. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I realized how clearly uh, the Don Raphael character, the bad guy, mentions things and says things as the enemy that relates to the larger story when, when you and I are born and when all the listeners are born, we are born into a larger story that's already several acts in. Mm -hmm. And there's a world at war. There is God and the kingdom of God, the kingdom of light and life. And there's the kingdom of darkness, the enemy, the accuser, Satan, however you want to describe Satan, however we want to describe uh, the enemy. and so many of the scenes of Don Raphael and the communication that he says to Diego, the uh, Anthony Hopkins character, mm -hmm. I mean, all throughout the movie, he is speaking things that I would assume that the enemy of God says. And right. I haven't ever thought of it that intentionally before. I just kind of always thought of anger and, uh, and it was just so right. unique that we'll get to talk about. And it, it just opened my eyes to more and more of the enemies, even per the enemy's personality in light of what's happened to the enemy over time before we were born. Yeah. One of the things as we were prepping was this idea that in order to adequately and appropriately do battle, you know, we talk about this larger story of good versus evil. And it's interesting as you brought that up, because in the movie, we are put in the middle of a larger story. You know, this, this, the Spanish lords and government leader people, they were being evacuated out of Mexico and out of California because of the Mexican army. So you've got the Spanish kind of power. You've got the Mexican army. And we're not saying you know, right or wrong or whatever, because we're not going to, we're not going to talk about conquistadors or anything like that. <laughs> but this idea that we're, we're immersed into, into, even in the movie, in the middle of a, of a, of a war, of a bigger thing, there's more going on. There's more pieces moving on and we're just a really small part of it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, that's actually a comforting thing. Yes. Because like, we don't have to be all of the things we, we, we're like, what was it they say in, in, I think the Lord of the Rings is we're just, it's, you know, all these great things are going on and we're really small pieces of it. And we're kind of thankful that we're just the small pieces of it. Yes. And it, it opens, you know, we we see these guys that are lined up to be executed. And we find that and the crowd is yelling that Don Raphael is about to be evacuated to, to safety to go back to Spain. But we realize we come to find out that those three guys were just pulled up there from the crowd. It's like, what are they being executed for? I don't know. I just pulled three guys from the crowd. I wanted to pull Zorro out. And Zorro, you know, played by Anthony Hopkins, sort of in the beginning, will become Antonio Banderas. Uh in this movie is very fun. It's it's in the swashbuckling uh kind of vibe genre. Basically, you know, back in the what was it? 50s, 60s, 70s with Errol Flynn, uh, you know, in the boats and pirates and all this stuff. It felt like that, but obviously on land. But and he comes in, he saves the day. But that idea that I pulled, he's, he said, oh, you just you put these three people at risk to because you wanted to capture me. Don Raphael, he's like, I would have killed 3000 people to kill you, Zorro. And but obviously he doesn't, he escapes and all that stuff. But that, that mindset of the enemy of doing whatever it takes, you know, and it talks about that in revelation of, uh, I think it's 12 or 14 where the dragon went off to do battle against those who had the, the testimony of, of the baby who was Jesus, who, you know, basically anybody who's a believer and carries the testimony 
will be a target of the hate of the enemy. You know, and anybody associated with Zoro will die. And he takes that hatred. And we're going to see this, I think, as, as you pointed out in our pre-work a little bit. The enemy, one of the things he does is he executes his plans. When it doesn't go as according to plan, he sort of overplays it. And so he ends up discovering who Zoro is. And he goes and he and he has there's a scene that you had mentioned. We don't have the clip because it's not really a clip, you know, worthy scene. But there's a line in there that really jumped out at you um, that I wanted to to let you tee up. I think this was the quote that really opened my eyes at the beginning of the movie when I watched it last night, where I mean, one of the reasons I love the movie so much is the writing is very witty. Like I I laugh multiple times throughout the movie. So it's really enjoyable. It's a really fun movie to watch for having such sort of heavy yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, themes to it. Correct. And so so it is very enjoyable to watch. We kind of started off talking about enemy, war, spiritual warfare, Satan. No, it's like, <laughs> whoa, what is this movie? Uh, but that, I, I think why I like the movie so much right now is because I'm really in a season of really understanding my own initiation that – God as father and me as his son is pulling me into. And one of the avenues that he's wanting to do that is to understand the enemy strategy against me. And so I'm in that in my personal life right now and understanding the enemy strategy and understanding who God has entrusted to my care to take, to protect from the enemy. And Don Raphael's quote to Zorro at the very beginning, um, Zorro is about to be uh, imprisoned and Don Raphael looks at him and says, I want you to suffer the way that I have suffered all these years because they've had a, they've had a battle for a long time and I want you to suffer the way I have. And I want you to believe that everything dear to you, everything that you love and everyone who loves you has been taken away from you. You're alone. See you later. Um, and it was, it opened my eyes up to potentially the, the way that the enemy operates, as you just alluded to, how he wants to come after any, all of the saints, all of the sons of God, all of the daughters of God, and wants us to feel alone and feel like everything has left us that we hold dear to us and all of the people who love us, that we are isolated and that we're the only one. And, uh, it was it, it really set the movie up for me to watch the rest of it because that happens at the very beginning to begin to see how how the enemy plays out and some, you know, very creatively and de- deceptively uh, all throughout the movie, just like the enemy does in the larger story with God. Um, but how the enemy was cast out of heaven. I mean, Jesus himself says when he sent out the 72 and they came back. We, we can cast out demons, Jesus. And Jesus doesn't respond. Yay. I'm so glad you can do it. I didn't know if you could. He's like, well, duh. <laughs> I, I gave you that power and authority. But I saw him fall like lightning from heaven way before all of this happened. <laughs> yeah, so, I knew before you told me. Yeah. And so there's, <laughs> there's this, uh, we mentioned at the beginning, I think there's act one and act two and act three and all these acts that happen before you and I are born and come onto the scene. Just like in the Mask of Zora, all this stuff has happened for years. And we just, we zone in on one man, Zorro, and then a younger man in his initiation and understanding the war, the war that he's been born into and how to be initiated into it. And so <clears throat> that's why I love the movie. And that, that quote uh, really sets the stage for the enemy wanting to um, attack everyone. Right. Because in that scene... Zorro, Don Diego, he's just seen his wife killed. Mm-hmm. And he sees his enemy holding his baby daughter. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, just let me hold her. Let me. He's like, no, I'm going to take her. I'm going to raise her. She's going to call me father. Gosh. Which I, I would actually imagine in a way that's more painful than actually having her die. Yes. I, and you see that moment later in the movie when they, when he sees her. 20 years later. But as he goes off to the, the dungeon and, and uh, Don Raphael goes back to Spain to raise uh, Elena. And he is like, 
Like that idea that everything you hold dear has left you. And the the funny thing, as as you were just talking, this movie is a lot of fun. Even though it's got those dark themes, even though, you know, uh, Alejandro will, you know, see his brother get shot. He will see his head on a, in a jar of water. Mm-hmm. So these, these themes, like heavy, dark, powerful themes, and even in the comics, because it's based on a comic book, Zorro's always drawn smiling as he's fighting. And you see that whether it's... uh Anthony Hopkins or Antonio Banderas, they're both, they're all smiling as they're fighting. And that brought to mind, like that's, it brought to mind that verse about the joy of the Lord is our strength. Oh, wow. And how do we smile when we fight, but we've got to go through that initiation in that process. And frequently God uses the, the attacks and the, the stuff God uses that stuff to bring about our initiation. So I want to go to this, the first clip we're going to play. Don Raphael leaves. He goes to Spain, but he comes back 20 years later. He's left his power. He, he granted deeds to his friends, the, the group of Dons there. And the Don, I guess, is just like Lord. You know, it's the leaders. And because he said, you know, if I give you the land, then the, the Mexican, Mexican army won't try to steal it because it's not the Spanish government's. So he comes back and the way that he talks as he, and it's funny because in the crowd, you see Anthony Hopkins, he's, his intent is to kill uh, Don Raphael in this scene until he sees Elena, the daughter come out, but you see him speaking, but again, he speaks both to sort of his, what the devil always tells us, but also the question of who else is there? Who do you have to depend on? That idea, again, that everything you hold dear has been lost. Please, please. I know that you're not really happy to see me. So let us all stop pretending, shall we? You think I don't know that you've been paid? Even threatened to come out in the hot sun and greet me? I understand exactly how you feel. Why should you care about any of your leaders, past or present? What did they ever do for you? The Spaniards oppressed you. The Mexicans ignored you. And the Dons, well, the Dons, the Dons. The Dons seem merely content to cheat and lie to you. (laughs) In fact, I put it to you. Who in your entire history has ever helped you? Zorro! Zorro fought for the people! Ah, yes, Zorro. Where is he now, Padre? Your masked friend. Unless I'm mistaken, he hasn't shown himself in 20 years. 20 years! People of California... The time has come to take our destiny into our own hands. Not as Spaniards, not as Mexicans, but as Californians! I stand here before you today with no mask. Only a pledge, a solemn pledge that I will never abandon you. And you have my word. The word of Rafael Montero, that I will do everything within my power to help you fight for a free and independent California. It's and it's so interesting because even he even says, I will never forsake you. I will never abandon you. I'm not wearing a mask. But you know how the devil is lying? Because his mouth is moving. Because he's there talking about controlling your own destiny. I will stand for a free California. While we will come to find out, he has set up this whole enslavement system to pull gold, to to mine. He's stealing from Santa Ana to buy California from him with the gold that is from the mines that Santa Ana actually owns. 
through, and that, through slavery. Uh, right. It's like, oh, I'm I'm for a free one. I'm I'm not I'm I'm here. I commit, I make a promise, I give you my word. Well, the word of the enemy means nothing. But what he tempts us with is this idea to control our own destiny. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned that as we were talking before, how you saw this, how you're, you're with your parents. Mm-hmm. And you're you're one of them said hey, here's what I need. And the other one said, I can't do that. And what the message to you was, well, I've got to, I can't depend on anybody else. Right. I've got to take my own destiny into my own hands. Yeah. To, to make this, you know, go from the uh, larger picture to be a little bit more personal uh, around the enemy takes takes and takes and takes, takes things into his own hands. Like the enemy, we see at the beginning of the story before we're born, Lucifer tries to take over the kingdom of God. And God's like, no, this is mine. I created you. Get out. (laughs) It's like easy as that. And Jesus himself says later in scripture in the new Testament, I saw, I saw the enemy fall like lightning Lucifer. And now he's been cast down to, and, uh, so the enemy takes, and takes and takes. And Jesus himself says in John 10, 10, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So anything good in my life, anything that's growing and maturing that is good and pleasing and moving to be more mature in God, he steals it, takes it. Um, And then the mask and the deception of, uh, as you just showed in that clip. Right. And so he's going to cut us off and bring that. Oh, I'm going to, you have to take now, Dustin, let me whisper this in your ear. I'm going to, you have to now take, you have to take, figure it out for yourself because it's not going to be given to you. So, um, for our listeners, uh, there's in my past, I'm 39, but in my past there's sexual addiction. And so, a lot of people are like, oh, there's tips and tricks to kind of get over that. And, and uh, you know, you're, you're 15, you're 25, you're 35, uh, you're 45, 55. Anyway, <laughs> right. You know, there's this sexual addiction, whether it's, you know, constantly wanting to sleep with women, um, look at pornography. And I'm not talking about prostitution. I'm, if, you know, if we're single or if, you know, sleeping with a lot of different women or if you're married and just addicted to sex and, wanting to just sleep over and over and over and have sex with your wife. Like their sexual addiction is across the board. You don't have to be single or married. It's <clears throat> And so all that to say in my life, a lot of people would say, well, Dustin, when, when did, when did this sexual addiction start? Wrong question. I understand. It's important to know when it started, you know, at mm-hmm. early in teenage years, but what was the symptom as you and I talked about? And for me, I can go back all the way to eight years old and I saw my mom and dad having a, a normal conversation. There wasn't, they weren't spitting fire at each other. I saw right. one, I saw my uh, parents, one of them asked something that they had really wanted and was honest and showed their cards and shared their heart. And they're, 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 my mom and dad are loving people. And one of them in that moment, as an eight year old, I see one shut the other one down. One was being honest. And the other one said, no, that's not something that I can offer you right now. It's not something that we're going to do as a family. And I saw one get shut down and the other one shut the other one down. And in that moment, the enemy steps in and says, see, if you really, if you want something that is really good, if you are honest with someone else, they are not going to give it to you. So you have to go figure it out on yourself and take it rather than receiving it from, you have to go take it. And it's all up to you. You got to do it on your own. Uh, control your own destiny, control your own destiny. And that is the opposite of what the offer is that Jesus offers that from the father in heaven to Jesus, he says, I offer you life, but you have to receive it. You can't go around and take it from other places that right. come from me. And the enemy is so deceptive. And so from an early age at eight years old, I mean, for almost three decades, I have, and there's still stuff in my life that I have to be, I have to figure out. But that moment in my life, which was so subtle, 
that I, I but I, I lived with it for three, almost three decades where the enemy was like, you have to, you have to take your destiny into your own hands and figure out on your own. Cause you can't depend on, it's like, ah, oh, the, just like he said, the Spaniards oppressed you. The Mexicans ignored you. The Dons are cheating you. Who do you have? And he's like, even Zorro, he's a bit, where has he been for 20 years? Yep. He's like, no, but me, you can trust. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's basically what he said in the garden. Did God really say that? Eh, that's not really what's going to happen. You're not going to die. Mm-hmm. You're, what you're going to do is you're going to, you're going to know what's right and wrong. Mm-hmm. You're going to take control of your own destiny. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the offer that he, he tells us. And he, we think he's offering freedom, but as we'll find out in this movie, what's really happening is slavery. And at that moment, Zorro, Anthony Hopkins goes in for the kill. Elena comes out. So he changes plans. He doesn't know what to do because he's just sort of stunned by seeing this girl that he knows is his daughter 20 years later. And he goes into town. And there he runs into Alejandro. And Alejandro and his brother had helped him early in the first scene of the movie. He had had helped him, so he had given them a a little medallion. And they had become, 20 years later now, they're in their mid-20s, so they end up, they're robbing banks or robbing stuff, and he's a thief. Well, in one of their their hijinks, (laughs) basically, his brother gets shot murdered and so Alejandro's in the bar this is Antonio Banderas character and he's drinking he's drunk he, and he almost trades his medallion for whiskey and that's when Zorro steps in Don Diego and he says that's more valuable than whiskey and he sees Captain Love who's the guy who actually shot his brother and he gets all flustered and he's going to charge out there and he's drunk and he's, as we'll find out, not at all good with a sword. But he's convinced that he's going to go avenge his brother's death. And so they wrestle and then, and Alejandro ends up on the ground. Zorro is standing over there talking to him and basically says, you should be thanking me because I just saved your life. And, and Alejandro, I think at this point, he's like not even sure that life is worth living. But then he makes an offer and, and this line and this, this concept that we've sort of based a lot of our, our thinking off of uh, in this scene in the bar. You're welcome. For what? For saving your life. I would have killed him. No, not today. He is trained to kill. You seem trained to drink. Yes, my friend, you would have fought very bravely and died very quickly. Then would avenge your brother. I would have found a way. I've never lost a fight. Except to a crippled old man just now. What is your name? Alejandro. Alejandro. You know, there is a saying, a very old saying. When the pupil is ready, the master will appear. Now, if you want to kill this man, I can help you, and I can teach you how, how to move, how to think, how to take your revenge with honor and live to celebrate it. It will take dedication. It will take time. Why are you so eager to help me? Because once, a long time ago, you did the same for me. We see in, in these two men meet, seemingly coincidentally. Don Diego, he shows up because he was thwarted in his attempt to exact his revenge. Alejandro's there because his brother has just died. His partner, his his closest friend. And yet they meet, and here they are, in that the two lines, when the pupil is ready, the teacher will appear. But at that moment, you would have fought very bravely and died very quickly. Because there is this sense of initiation. As he says, it takes work, it takes dedication, it takes time. But many of us, <laughs> many of us, we don't want to wait for time. We want to, as you mentioned, we want to go take. He's like, I'm going to go take my revenge. He would have died. You're, he's trained to kill, you've trained to drink. 
And that idea for us, and, and we throw this out there a lot. And this is the question I'm going to, I'm going to pitch to you, Dustin. We throw this idea about, well, what does that mean? You would fight bravely and die quickly. What does it mean when we say you get taken out? Uh, because we, we sort of, be, you, you, as a believer, you're not going to lose your salvation. You're not going to literally die. So what does that mean when we, when we talk about somebody in their, in their initiation, in their Christian walk, in their pursuit of God? What does that mean to die quickly or to be taken out? Yeah, this is something that I am very passionate about because <clears throat> I can see myself as Alejandro, the Anton Antonio Banderas, uh, even as recent as a few years ago. Someone who sees an enemy and wants to go take care of business. And even, even with... Uh, wanting to drink a lot in my own life, just medicating in a lot of different ways. Yeah. It's a good anesthetic mm -hmm. medicating in a lot of different ways uh, to not feel what I am really feeling deep down in my heart, uh, which I, I think you, you talk a whole lot, Paul, about kind of what's below the waterline. Am mm -hmm. I willing to pause long enough to really, feel what I'm thinking or think what I'm feeling and get down to the inner man and what's really going on in my heart. And so I think there's a couple of layers to this one. A lot of people who act very bravely, you see them, Oh wow. They just drew their sword. They're going after it. Yeah. Go get them. Revenge. It's very brave. They will die very quickly. Uh, because they are simply reacting. Mm -hmm. They are reacting to the enemy who is trying to tempt them and take them out quickly because the enemy sees how dangerous that person is. The enemy sees how dangerous I can become. Uh, and so that, that's one layer. Uh, the other layer is that, <clears throat> you know, when the way God sees us, he sees our heart. Uh, God sees who he meant us to be when he created us, not 39 years ago for me, but at the creation of the world, he creates every human being and sees who they can really become if they are willing to receive the teaching, receive the love, receive the initiation for every woman, for every man, and wait until it's time for them to fight. So there's a difference between a good heart or a good person and a trained heart or a trained person. And in this scene, we see uh, the dividing line where you see the master or Zorro or Anthony Hopkins come in and say, you are someone that needs to be trained, trained to fight, use a sword or because if you're not, you're going to, yeah, you'll go be brave, but you'll die quickly. And it's, it's so beautiful as you were talking, Alejandro, uh, Antonio Banderas's character is trained his entire life. And we'll just call it the enemy. The enemy has trained Alejandro to take. He's a thief for 20 plus years. He's a thief. He has been trained to take and to take his own. Uh, and this, the quote that we're circling around to take his destiny and destiny in his own hands. Mm -hmm. And no, no older man uh, mentor has initiated him. And so this, this phrase of the, when the pupil is ready, the, the master appears or the teacher appears we can repeat that and say, when the student is ready, the teacher appears uh, or the rabbi appears, or when the son is ready, the father will appear to initiate. And uh, we see this and it looks like he maybe is ready. Well, and the reverse is true for that too. When the teacher is ready, the student appears, mm. right? Because for 20 years, 
Zorro has been in prison. He has been locked away. Then he was trying to exact his revenge. He was not ready to teach. He was still sort of in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, he was still, when you're talking about phases, he was still, you know, the businessman. He was still the leader. Well, there's a, as you mo- move sort of from king and warrior into more of a sage role, mm-hmm. you have to be willing to set aside, hey, this isn't my battle anymore. Mm-hmm but I've got to help somebody walk with wisdom so that they can then take the torch. So going back to that idea of what does it mean to be, to die quickly? What does it mean to be taken out? It means you, you, your heart gets because you're used to taking, you're used to working. So you take your heart and you get burned out because you work it. You work it to death. You work 46 or you work, 60 80 hours a week pursuing something you engage in all these activities for your kids for your marriage and they're good things but they're born out of a motivation of striving and work and uh, that controlling your own destiny and as the, the saying goes the center cannot hold if you are the center of your efforts it's not going to work Because you you'll get burned out. Look at look at all the, the the pastors and the burnout rate for ministers, and not just you know the ones who fall victim to some sort of sexual sin or some sort of financial misconduct, but the ones who just like I can't do this anymore. You know, pastors suffer church trauma just as much as the the people in the pews or the seats. And they, they just can't do it anymore. And it's not because they're weak. It's not because they're not good at it. It's not because they don't have a good heart. It's because they took their, they took their heart and took it to a place that they, that basically they, they don't have the, the foundation of the initiation. They're, they're doing it out of that, even to a certain extent, out of controlling their own destiny. So once the, once the teacher and the pupil meet each other, and in many ways, I, I think of this sort of like conversion, salvation, you know, the difference between justification and sanctification, the salvation and conversion is a, is a step. It's a, it's a, you know, kind of like being born. You know, that's what Jesus called it. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the way is our sanctification, the process of our initiation, where we go from being a baby to walking, to eating, you know, going from milk to meat. And in this case, he's going from train to drink to train to carry a sword. And we, what we find out in this next clip is both, I I think in a lot of ways, the, the shift in the concept of not just learning how to use a sword for, for Alejandro, but also this idea that he he's no longer taking, he's no longer chasing. His life is is centered in the world that his teacher has established for him. Do you know how to use that thing? Yes. The pointy end goes into the other man. This is going to take a lot of work. This is called a training circle, the master's wheel. This circle will be your world, your whole life. Until I tell you otherwise, there is nothing outside of it. Captain Love is... There is nothing outside of it. Captain Love does not exist until I say he exists. As your skill with the sword improves, you will progress to a smaller circle. With each new circle, your world contracts, bringing you that much closer to your adversary, that much closer to retribution. I like that part. Shall we? I think a whole lot. I, I love the line of, as you take care of your part, everything else will come to you. Yep. It, it remi- I think there's two things that come to mind. One is in Proverbs, um, in chapter four, uh, 
guard your heart above all else because it's the wellspring of life. Mm -hmm. So take care of um, your heart. Uh, it, it is where, as since we're talking about people who follow Jesus that are a part of the kingdom of the gospel, the kingdom of God, <clears throat> it is so important to take care of our heart. I mean, that is where the war rages. If we are, if we, we, you and I, we believe that we're born into a larger story, God is pursuing us all the time, our hearts to become more holy and more wholehearted, whole and holy. And the enemy wants to take that and for us to partner with him to only take. Um, and God, of course, is as our father wants us to receive his love and receive his plans and his will. And so we have to surrender our own will and wanting to take, take and take our own destiny and to partner with him. And so in this moment, I just see so much of God, of the Anthony Hopkins character saying, take care of your side of the street. Mm -hmm. Take care of your heart. And uh, Jesus says, um, I don't know, is this in the, in the New Testament, I think, of course, but um, in one of his parables or sermons, he, he says to rather than look at the plank in someone else's eye, uh, look at the or the, the speck in the somebody speck else's in someone eye. else's eye, look at the plank in your own. So, again, taking care of yourself so that you can see more clearly. Um, if you right. can focus on yourself, not that we're trying to be self-centered and put put me in the center, but it's like, I want to receive from God. I want to receive his plans for my life and how I need to mature and be initiated as a man, because then I will see more clearly the ways in which you want me to move and how you want me to fight, how you want me to love, how you want me to wield the weapons that you give me, as Paul talks about in Ephesians, uh, the armor of God. That's not just a cute message where Paul's like, yeah, we're fighting. We're these uh, action figures and we're going to go. no. He recognizes there's a war that is waging and Paul has been initiated throughout a long part of his life to wield those weapons well. And in this movie, we see Anthony Hopkins to Antonio Banderas. I want to help you wield weapons well, from swords to spoons. <laughs> right. And, and that was so good because whether that's, uh, you know, Antonio Banderas Zorro or Anthony Hopkins Zorro, if they had just killed, if Don Diego had killed Don Rafael, if Alejandro had killed Captain Love, the slaves that we would find are still at the gold mine, they are not freed. Their greater mission isn't accomplished. And so, what? but in order to do that, you just can't rush off and fight. The Psalms are full of, I will wait on the Lord. Although all this is going around, I choose to wait. I choose to be still. As you mentioned, I choose to guard my heart. I choose to be still and to be patient and to let the fight come to me. You see that even with David. Saul actually came to him twice. Well, Saul came to him once. David went to Saul the other time. Both times he had the king's life in his hand, but he did not choose to take it because it wasn't his to take. And what we're going to talk about on the YouTube channel is the scene where Zorro, where uh, Alejandro steps out and begins taking. He doesn't really, he gets, he doesn't get reprimanded as much as shown as here is, if you keep pursuing this path, who is, who, here is who you will become. Or trust me, what I want, what you want, but there is a greater story being involved. And to do that, he's got to, to pursue his frontier, but we're going to talk about that on the YouTube channel. So flip over there after you get done listening to the podcast. But now we, we go towards the end because in order, through our initiation, we have to understand the enemy's purpose, the enemy's tactics. But we can't do that uninitiated. Alejandro had to be trained to fight. He had to be trained in sort of acrobatics, you know, jumping through the ropes and doing the parkour and all this stuff. 
But that wasn't enough. He had to be trained in charm. He had to be trained to infiltrate the enemy's schemes so that he could identify. And, and he did that. And, he, you know, he, it involved dancing, you know, so there's a lot of, you must be trained in a broad sense. There's a lot of things that were, there's always more to learn. As Morgan talks about becoming a generalist, becoming good at many things, becoming competent. You know, I drive a truck and it's not so that I can like look tough or look bad or, you know, what a fit in with the construction guys. Because if it was up to me, man, I'd be driving a charger, maybe a Mustang. There's some, some smooth riding, low profile cars. I would love to drive because I like, especially up in the mountains, man, taking those corners. I told my wife, that's the only way I can fulfill my fighter pilot dreams. <laughs> But I look at those cars and I like, I love them. They're awesome, but they're not practical. They don't help me. Yeah. Like I have a dog. I've got kids. I've got grandkids. I have golf clubs. Like I need a vehicle that fits. I have a house. So sometimes I've got to get, you know, six, eight, 10 feet boards to repair stuff that falls apart. As much as I would love that, I need to be able to take care of, my, as you said, take care of my side of the street, take care of my address, take care of my circle. Because as I take care of my circle, I get invited into the circles I need to be a part of. And so Alejandro enters into the circle. He, he gets invited to go and see uh, Don Rafael's scheme. And we're not going to play that clip because it's, really long and and really the piece that I uh, that I wanted to take out of that is once again Don Raphael's invitation to the Dons is we never claimed our own destiny and here is our chance and what they come to discover is they're going to buy back they're going to buy California with gold mined from California you know they're going to pay Santa Ana in Santa Ana's own gold and in order to mine the gold he's created this entire complex of slaves. You know, to claim our own destiny, you must be enslaved. That's, that's the big thing. The enemy, he offers freedom, but the end result is enslavement. Yeah. As you mentioned earlier with the, that idea of the, the sexual addiction mm -hmm. and you mentioned rage stuff mm -hmm. like you, because you think it offers, he offers freedom but you just find slavery. Just the same thing with Adam and Eve. You're not going to die. You're going to know right from wrong. Looks like freedom ends up slavery. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so what I wanted to pitch back to you, Dustin, as we sort of try to land the plane, as we sort of go to our close, the idea that in order for we're we must complete our initiation, our preparation, so that we can become aware of the enemy's schemes. Because if we don't, if we're not aware of what the enemy's plans are, then we can't really accomplish our mission in the larger story. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's not so much of a question as a statement, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It is so hard to wrap that up in, in just a few minutes, so I probably won't be able to. But there are people that t spend their entire life to try to figure out um, Satan's schemes against them. It is very hard work and doesn't happen in a day. Uh, as we see in this movie, it is, it's a long process of initiation. And it requires someone who's willing to sit and wait and be patient and receive because we are all on time. It is in God's timing if we're willing to submit to his will. And to continue our conversation we started earlier that you just alluded to around sexual addiction and anger, those are just things that rise to the surface. That's not what really the enemy is, is infiltrating, right? right? Those are just things that, oh yeah, I'll just toss that at you because now I can get you on my side to just go and take and try to uh, take for your own, to claim your own destiny, to control it right. all, rather than be patient and wait for what God has planned for you. That's going to be way better, of course, is going to be so much better, right? 
And right. so um, the messaging, the, the, the question that I began to ask was, um, am I really worthy of receiving something that I truly want? Can someone else really give me something that I really want? Or do I need to take it into my own hands? And so the enemy's like, take, 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 which we see in this whole movie that's just shouting at us where God is just like, I want as your father, as the master and the teacher appears, I want you to receive your initiation because you're going to be so much stronger than you ever dreamed to become. And I, as a 39 year old, am beginning to dream and see more and more of who God has created me to be because I am for the first time in the last few years, really receiving from God. And part of that, I believe, as we see it towards the end of the movie, is beginning to understand how does the enemy want to take me out? How can I infiltrate his camp and say, if Dustin Opria is going to be taken out, he is going to do it in this way or this way, because there are things in my past and questions that I have asked in my own life. Am I worthy? Am I loved? Am I worthy of belonging to a group of brothers? Am I worthy of belonging in a group of good fathers to sons? How do I raise boys? Um, and God is right there to initiate me if I'm willing to receive and ask those questions and say, God, how is it that you want to educate me, teach me, initiate me in the areas of my heart that are immature? Am I willing to listen to that? Am I willing to hear from him? This is where you need to grow up. This is where you need to understand that there's a way things work in my kingdom and it doesn't happen overnight. And when I begin to say yes to that in God's will, the enemy starts to overplay his hand. And we, be, if we're aware of the, the war that's waging in our, in our lives, we begin to see, oh, that's how the enemy is coming after me because I'm saying yes to more of God. And the enemy overplays his hand. And that's how we infiltrate his camp. As we see Alejandro do that, um, not as a mask of Zorro, but as Don Alejandro and infiltrates the camp and begins to see the enemy, Don Raphael's plans. And then he's able to just be this strong man and go attack because he's seeing things more clearly because everything's coming to him because he's being initiated. And that is just so beautiful to me because I'm right there in that in my life. And as you mentioned, when we infiltrate, when we understand the enemy schemes, they freak out. Whether it's Don Raphael in the beginning, where he takes everything from Don Diego and he steals the daughter, he kills the wife, he burns everything down. He's, I would kill 3,000 men for the opportunity to kill you. To the end where you see each, both Captain Love and Don Raphael, they have the chance to basically save their own lives. Because they've they've been defeated, but they're not dead. But it's in that last striving. It's in that last attempt. I think they have the opportunity to walk away, but because they don't, then they you know end up dying, basically, because that's how these movies go. The captives are freed. And Don Alejandro lives a life he never thought that he would have. He's he's you know, marries Elena and they have a grandchild and that that life is available. But it's not a life that we get by chasing. It's not a life that we get by pursuing and striving. As he said about the the master's wheel is as we settle, as we become whole and holy, that circle shrinks. And, and God moves us to the places we need to be. Mm-hmm. We get prepared. You know, it took a lot of work. It look, took a lot of dedication, whether it's the the charm or the sword fighting or, you know, they, the, 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 there's a lot of risk involved in, in rescuing the captives because, you know, the bombs are about to go off and the explosives, they're, they're blowing up the mines. But... If you go back, the what got them to that point was the death of uh, Joaquin, Alejandro's brother. Like that was that trauma. He had to go through the trauma to trigger the initiation. And as you go, we see the enemy ramp up, get desperate, throw more and more stuff at you. But you can deflect it 
when you're grounded, when you're settled, as as going back to Paul's prayer in Ephesians, when you're grounded and rooted and established in the love of God, to know the unknowable, the depth, the height, the breadth, all the things, the more we know about God's love for us, the smaller our circle is. Yes. And we can handle what's what comes at us. That's really good, Paul. <laughs> um, in order to be rooted, you have to stay still. And that that passage you just pulled out of Ephesians, that, that he wants us to experience the fullness of God, that it does require us to be rooted, which plays into that concentric circle. It's like as we calm down and quit running and striving, which is so countercultural. Right. Our, the the twin pillars or towers that we build our lives on in, especially in the United States is accumulation and achievement. I'm sure we can go right. a lot of different ways there, but accum- take, 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 take and achieve. Chase, okay. achieve more, Chase more. Everything's up and to the right. What's next? Fill my calendar. I got to be busy. And the countercultural side is, as that circle begins to shrink and I'm not chasing, I'm going to sit, I'm going to become more holy and wholehearted and be rooted in who God says I am. Because in the center of my, my being, my heart, that's, he, that's where it, my identity lies. And that's where the war rages. And as I begin to see myself as God does and receive from him, I now have the strength to not then go chase but my strength comes from not going after what's in front of me, but protecting what's behind me because I'm beginning to act out of love rather than revenge and avenge something because I'm protecting my brothers, my sisters, my community, my friends, my roommates, my, my, uh, my wife, my three boys. And we have the strength. And as we're becoming more whole and wholehearted, uh, everything comes to us essentially. And of course there's speed bumps along the road. We aren't perfect. However, the life that Jesus offers, as we've been talking, although we've been dancing around this, the life that Jesus offers, the full life, the abundant life, we really have more available to us in this life before we breathe our last breath. We have more available to us than we choose to really believe. And so am I willing to risk? Am I willing to risk slowing down, not trying to strive, becoming more rooted in who God says I am and hearing from him and being initiated by him in all the ways that are uncomfortable, like the spoon, charm, meat, this is going to take a lot of work. Am I willing to do that? Because I will become more strong and have more strength and be able to wield more weapons and operate in new ways than I will ever, that I could ever dream of in my wildest dreams. And I want that. I want that life. And I'm choosing to believe. I want to choose to believe and risk believing that I have more available to me and who God says Dustin is. And I can become that in this life. Yeah, because the the interesting thing was at the end, they weren't acting out of a sense of vengeance, Mm -hmm. but they were acting for a sense of freeing the captives or protecting Elena. The ministry of Jesus right there. Isn't that beautiful? I just got chills. We hadn't even talked about that. Yeah. <laughs> Setting the captives free. Yeah. Cool oh boy. That's so good. I think that's a great way to end. So this has been Paul McDonald and Dustin Aprea talking about mask of Zorro. Uh, check out our YouTube channel. Uh, check out our Patreon page. If you like us, you want to support us financially. We also, you just pray for us. Cause as we mentioned, as we pursue the stuff that God's calling us into, the, the enemy ramps up his attack and gets a little more desperate. So uh, whether that's in doubt or technical difficulties, either one, he's he's works against us. So, uh, Dustin, thanks for joining me again. Really appreciate your time and your insight and your invitation to watch watch this movie again. Yeah, honor, honor to have this conversation. It's been really good for my heart. And I, I feel like I've, I've taken some notes that we've been talking for me to go have a conversation with God now. <laughs> What's my next step? So this has been really good for me. Awesome. So I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. And I hope you join us next time here on the Men at the Movies podcast. Something inside has been awakened. I can no longer be who I was before. 
But if I am no longer who I was, who am I to be?